Hi, this is Luigi Subtil. I play Sean Archer uh, on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Fan and Family Chats. Hey guys, welcome back to Fan and Family Chats. I'm Maureen. And I'm Jeanette. And we are back with another Chicago episode, and uh, we're going to start with Med, and we are going to end with PD. <laughs> I'm just I running through that how long. that conversation is going to play in my head. <laughs> So we're, we're saving Jeanette's best for last, but we're going to dig into med. And we are starting with one of Jeanette's favorites. Well, not one of Jeanette's favorites on med. And I just oh, have to yeah. say, I love being right. I can't, I can't help it, okay. but I love look, it. Like I saw this in your notes and I, but I'm not going to say that you're right because we don't I know. Right. Are we right? That there's obviously attraction. Yeah. But I still don't see any chemistry. So I'm not on board. You did change oh, your mind at one point and said you could see it in the next episode. Well, yeah. And then they got like this episode, they were super awkward. So like, I'm not into it again. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but it's because they're being episode... set up. So obviously. I don't know. I... <laughs> she is so like, okay. I understand that her job is like a scientist and her job is being this very like analytical person, like cool. She seems like overly awkward. Which, if, I mean, as much as I love Will Halstead, he is also awkward. So I feel like the two of them together is not, it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit. But Will isn't always awkward. Like once he's, he's only awkward when he doesn't really know a person or he's unfamiliar with what his next move should be. But once he's sure of himself, I mean, that's part of the reason we love Will is because once he's sure of himself, He's very, he's, he's very smooth talker. I just cannot see him. I cannot see them in a Berserk like scene. Like I can't I see Will in any of those. I, I could with Natalie. Like the thing is, because we started off Chicago Med and I know you don't like Natalie, but you have mm. to admit, okay, Tori and Nick have a chemistry that was like undeniable. See, I think that Natalie, the reason I didn't like them together is because this seemed maybe they did have chemistry, but for me it was negative chemistry because it just seemed like they were on opposite ends of everything all the time, and it irritated me. It was lots of like she like, and I've seen it a little bit with Hannah too. But like, it takes the right person for him to have sexual tension with. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Grace is not it. Like mm-hmm. I don't. There was another doctor that ended up hooking up with Ethan way back when that was doing some sort of. I'm trying to remember there was like a doctor. I don't remember what she was doing. She was doing some sort of like trial or I don't know. She was doing something in the hospital that Will and Ethan interacted with her at some point. Okay. There was nothing there either. I remember even when he was with Nina, like the blonde headed lady that's married to um, Dr. Rhodes in real life. It was like way back when he was dating her. Have you forgotten this? Like Will's other like big girlfriend before him and like Natalie officially got together. I only remember Natalie. (laughs) It was awkward then too. That's what I'm saying because those are the only two there were ever any real chemistry with. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I felt more chemistry with him and Dr. Quavis a couple weeks ago, but apparently that wasn't an option. I actually do really like that one. That one seemed more, I don't know. It just feels, I'm not into it. I think maybe part of it for me is I just, I want to see Will in a relationship. I do too. (laughs) I do too. But I think because, like I said, because we started off so strong with like the Natalie relationship that even hannah even brought it up this week so that was weird for me too i don't think so like because i think it's true i think the reason he's been so unlucky in love is that his some of his heart is still with natalie that's his one true love like 
just sucks that Tori isn't on the show anymore and they can't have that. Well, it's just, it feels weird that they're bringing that up now. So I wonder if maybe she is in some capacity or I don't, I don't know. It, See, it felt like, why are we bringing her up now? It, it did feel out of, I mean, out of the blue, but as far as I know, Tori has said she will never, re- like she's, she's done with the Oh, she has said she'll never return. I think so. Now I've not read anything, but I've heard other people say that she said that. So I don't okay. know how true that is, um, but I don't know. You know, I don't know that I really see chemistry between Dr. Song and Will, but I can see from the writing and the way that they're creating these scenes that that's their mm-hmm. intention. That yeah. that's, I mean, they want them to be that's, together. That's where they're going. That's where they're mm-hmm. going for sure. And actually, like, I pulled our group just to kind of see if anyone else was into the idea. And there is like literally the only person that said I'm liking it was Amanda. <laughs> yeah amanda said she was liking it um but like kind of like it better with cuevas though yeah i mean and that was just i didn't even mention that last time because i was like okay well i wanted to see if there was gonna be like another but no Mm -hmm. apparently apparently not i mean you know most people were just saying that they don't they don't see the chemistry um and but you know i think that everybody's also agreeing here that the hannah ship has probably sailed even though i'm upset about that situation it it could be good though because we have another ship we'd like her to be on yeah but that's not the where that we'll we'll talk about that later i don't think that's where that's going <laughs> no i don't either <laughs> nope i'm a little sad where i think hers is going oh i'm i'm pretty positive where hers is going and i'm not happy with it i'm not happy with it at all i did <laughs> think it was interesting that when she invited him when dr song invited will for a drink it and that's like there's moments when i can see chemistry like in that scene when she was kind of flirting with him and she she is being more flirtatious i don't yeah. think will is real good at being flirtatious ever no no he's awkward I mean, yeah. man like he is so when someone is flirtatious with him i feel like i can feel it a little bit more and i think song mm-hmm. was being flirtatious and hannah picked up on that obviously and confronts yeah. him but even the way i kind of liked but I think that's just because who's the actress who plays Hannah? Uh, Jesse, I can't think of her last. It starts with an S. Um, yes, Schumer, Schremer, something. Schremer, like I think. That. I think it's Jesse Schremer, yeah. maybe. But I've seen her in other things, and I think she just has, as an actress, I think she's very natural. Mm-hmm. No, and so I, agree. I just I like I, I just like any scene when they're together, not necessarily because oh I want them to be together romantically, yeah. because I mean that was such a short lived romance that mm-hmm. I, and I saw it all consecutively like bam 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 and then it was over some of the other people got it prolonged so they're more attached to it but i just like watching them interact and i really do like their friendship i like how Mm -hmm. she confronted him and and even like when she said what you can't get advice dating advice from an ex or you can't talk to your ex about Mm -hmm. dating and i just like i thought that was cute and i thought that like conversation when the conversation first started i thought maybe he's gonna somehow admit that no it's because he wants like i thought okay maybe he wants hannah which mm-hmm. I was cool with. Like, I don't, Ned is like, I don't understand why it does this. Okay. Aside from Will and Natalie and Ethan and April, there's no other like long-term slow burn, like really get you invested ships that have happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, they want to hop around from partner to partner and chemistry test everyone together. And I don't, well, I like, I wish we had like, I mean, we don't have like a Burzek or an Upstead mm-hmm. or, you know, Stella Ride or any of those kind yeah. of relationships on Ned. 
because so- a lot of the main characters have relationships off screen. Yeah. So it's like Maggie, even Maggie and Ben, like he, yeah. we know who he is, but most of that relationship happens yeah. off screen. Which Sharon and her ex, most of that yeah. relationship happened off screen. Same with Dr. Charles, even when his wife was on there, yeah. we didn't get a whole lot of them together. Which I would almost even venture to say, like, I would rather see something like that with Will mm-hmm. that could be something substantial than just trying to throw him together with every new doctor that pops up yeah. on screen when it's not always, there's not always going to be chemistry. I don't know. I'm yeah. just not, they could change my mind. I'm not saying they can't because it's, it is possible. Like I think with the right writing, I can anything, but there's going to have to, we're going to have to see her lighten up a little and show mm. a little less serious side. For me yeah. to be on board which maybe i mean i love the fact that we saw them out on their bowling like how yeah. awesome is it that like will and maggie and doris and i guess ben I is the other doris. person have like a bowling league like i love that yeah and that's because that's sort of the complaint that we've had about the med characters we don't see them outside, outside of the of hospital, hospital like hardly at Ever. all i mean you know fire they have their i don't know i mean you don't see it a lot with pd either um but, but I think we hear not. about it more on PD, yes. even if we don't see it. Yeah, we get like the ice skating rink, like with mm. Mac. And you know, I mean, you hear about things from time to time. And obviously Molly's with yeah. fire. We get that all the time. So, And even on PD, like the conversations they have in the car when they're on seagulls, it's about <gasps> their personal life. Mm-hmm. And we like, and I think that's one thing that they're doing with Will's character is they're making him all work, no play. Yeah. And I think like with Will... I think the benefit of Natalie was that we did see more of his personality mm-hmm. and they have it's And that's down to writing. They haven't been showing us his personality unless yeah. he's with someone, but they refuse to put him with someone because they're making him all work, no play. And mm-hmm. I feel like they're doing that to a lot of the doctors. Yes. Crockett too now. Yes. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> well, it, it's the first one that comes to mind that like, we literally like have no, I mean, he used I mean, Crockett's like our hot Southern, like, surgeon guy that i think i mean i think whether you find him like physically attractive and that's his persona yeah and that persona has like disappeared and it's absolutely that's a bummer weird Uh, like i mean like let our doctors have some like personal lives here like let us Mm -hmm. see i mean if you look at these episodes there's like five patients in every episode almost like we could like cut it down to just like two patients and show us a little bit of their personal life too i would love that i know that's because probably they don't film off of the med set but you could still have them at the nurse's station having mm-hmm. these conversations yeah. in the break room like you know i mean they, we had will ask grace out finally and just little things at the coffee shop like things that could still be part mm-hmm. of the set yeah that we, could, we could see these these more personal interactions between each other well i feel like when med first started they used to do a whole lot more of that and we it did. kind of it almost feels like post-covid that's gone mm-hmm. away and it's hard for me to again it's hard for me to keep those years ordered in my head because i just watched all of them from august to september well and pd's the same way it's it we don't have our i mean because the pd and the med characters used to be at molly sometimes yeah. and hanging out and doing things mm-hmm. and i i missed that so yeah maybe next year maybe next year will be far enough away from covid that some of these things can come back because it does feel that they're starting to reintroduce some of that, but I do wish that we would get fewer patients in every episode because it feels like, oh, even when I do, when I take notes on the episodes, I, I actually was like, oh, sweet. We only have two things. And then I, I got done. And, oh crap. I forgot about this patient. Oh yeah. man. There was this patient too. There's just, 
we can't get invested in anything. Like I get the point of a medical show is the medical drama and you, mm-hmm. and I think that's what they're trying to focus on because maybe they can't focus so much outside of the hospital because of new restrictions yeah. and yeah. actor safety, whatever. But that doesn't mean that you have to throw 7 million things at us at one time. Still, the resident was good at doing that with just two patients per episode and you would and hardcore doctors, focus on those ones. All the doctors kind of rally around, which yes, you maybe that's unrealistic. I understand that it probably is boom, boom, boom in the ER in but Chicago. Like I get that it. That was ER too in the resident. I know. I know. And I mean, I think like there's more opportunity in an ER to have everybody around. And I'm. I think that they're maybe they're trying to move towards that because we did get, like you said, the break room scene and we're getting a lot with Hannah and Dean in the break room. And so there's, I think there's, I think maybe they're trying to get back to where they were as we, I I think you hit it right on the head that the further we get it from COVID, I think we're going to start to return to that. I just hope that as they return, they also take out some of the patients every week. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I love it. I kind of want to go back. And watch old episodes to see, did we have that many patients then? No. I don't remember because Med was not. one I watched a long time ago. We did not. We had like one or two in the beginning. I'm scared yeah. to go back and watch that one because I feel like old Med, I, is, Med is so far of all the three shows. Med, in my opinion, is the farthest from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. That I think if I watch old ones of that, I will miss it more than I will miss like watching old ones of the others. I agree because now it's all medical mm-hmm. and it's all hospital politics. Yeah. There is no relationship. There is no, there, it, 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 and not that we're drama, whatever, but you do I want am. that. <laughs> well, we're not all focused on that. We do yeah. like the medical aspect of it, yeah. but we want all of our shows to have a level of relatability to it, a level where we can step into their shoes and either defend our people or get mad at our people or cry with our people. And we can't do that because we don't know what the heck you're saying at the time because it's all medical stuff. So that'd be nice. And yeah. I mean, even with, with this mom that showed up this week, Will's patient, yeah. like that was, I actually thought of you and I yeah. thought that they would go because I don't know if it was, oh, that was the resident with Bell's palsy. Mm-hmm. I thought when he I said she's out, I was like, that's, that's what Jeanette had, but then it yeah. wasn't even that. So they picked another rare thing to go with. I was like, what? And I here we are with these rare things. Like, can we just do the regular stuff? And they're all yeah. rare. All of them are. What I was a little disappointed in the diet like nosing of this patient this week um just because i mean will and hannah both they are not usually the ones that will just they're usually really good at digging in and really paying attention to your 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 patient and you just i mean this felt like what happens to women all the time when they go into a hospital just oh you're anxious oh you're stressed you'll be fine you just need to relax a little well clearly that wasn't the case and I don't know. It felt weird that that came from Will, who is someone who would never like just dismiss someone's symptoms to anxiety and stress. So it was it was a little frustrating to me, like if I'm being honest. And I know I don't usually get frustrated with Will, but in this moment, I was. I was like, clearly that's not the case. I mean, I don't know. Or if it is, like let's not just downplay it the way that we've downplayed it maybe it is just anxiety and stress but like let's figure out how we help her with that don't just tell her to go home and like take it easy like she told you she's a single mom Mm -hmm. so let's get the woman some help and anything throwing up for three days straight and not really having any other symptoms or any other things going on I mean that's that's a big deal and I even heard them say something about postpartum but it sounded like they were alluding to depression 
Yeah. At one point they didn't say postpartum depression yeah. and I didn't realize until it just came out of my mouth a second ago that postpartum is just post birth unless you add the depression on it. That's, yeah. When I watched the episode, I I put the word depression in there when they said postpartum. So I thought, yeah, because I think they said something more. about postpartum preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is what she thought, um, yeah, because of her blood pressure. Which that was another one that we thought that I had with Shelby because my blood pressure. I actually had to go to the ER because my blood pressure spiked like that, and I was feeling dizzy and mm-hmm. nauseous and all of those things. So I, yeah. I was like, I could definitely be it. Um, but yeah, I just it wasn't happy with the way we just sort of wrote off her symptoms mm-hmm. so easily and even with because willis and i think it's nick gelfus's fault for like making us fall in love with this character of will right. who will fight no matter how hard for no matter what for all of his patients and he just no holds barred for everyone and even when they talked to her about the solution and him and hannah were both like we don't think you need the surgery yet but you will She's going home to a newborn she just had six weeks ago. She's gonna need this surgery sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, like she even in that, it it just it felt really off because, yeah, like you said, I mean, Will's character, to his own detriment, is a little too pushy with his patients most of the time. I mean, it's what we love about him, though. But he's too involved, and then he Mm -hmm. just seems so uninvolved this time. Yeah. And you know that's down. That's something to the running because I because she even said they because Will and Han were like, well, we need to wait until um, the ideal time to do this. Mm-hmm. And what the what the mother said is, I've waited for the ideal time before, and it never mm-hmm. came. I don't want to wait. I want to do it now. So the writing is the only reason this, and that's the other thing that Med has kind of altered in their writing, is that now they're using the patience solely to get characters' arcs to move forward. When before they would just be everything would be incorporated together, but yeah. that's why they have so many care, so many patients because each patient represents a relationship of another actor. Like mm, we don't need to do that, not for every storyline, and that's the only reason this woman was here, right? Was because Nick had not Nick, Will <laughs> had to realize. You're right. I do need to move on. It is not an ideal time. I should just date Doctor Song, and so it's just oh, don't don't diminish his character like that just mm-hmm. so you can prove a point yeah i don't it, it, it I, didn't I didn't sit it felt really strange this time yeah. i did not care for it i agree i mean i like watching will be a doctor i love it but it mm-hmm. just it, this it did not sit well no i, I completely agree it felt uh, very out of character mm-hmm. especially since last week we see him going even if i had to pay for this myself we're gonna do it like, exactly where, exactly where is that will <laughs> Where did he go? No, I completely agree. And I mean, the other thing this week that we see that's another super rare case was this man. And I don't, I could, part of it is because there's so many patients every week. I could not remember what his diagnosis was. All I remember is he was bent over. He hadn't been able to sit up for, yeah. year, what was it, like 20 some odd years? Well, yeah, a long time. I don't remember how long they said, but like, yeah, it was definitely a long time. Um that was just a wild case to think about, like just being like bent over, like you mm-hmm. can't sit up straight. And I guess it happened, did it happen gradually? Mm-hmm. I think this case is a little confusing for me is the way they explained it. But um, but I did love that, of course, this case got us to see Sam, which mm-hmm. we hadn't seen in a long time. I adore I him. Sam. I love his bluntness and his just, <laughs> I just, I love it. So I it, also it love how he has an insistence on, 
not, he doesn't need the spotlight. He knows how good he is. He doesn't need to be paraded around because he's yeah. fully confident in his abilities on his yeah. own. He doesn't need anybody else to tell him. And I do feel bad sometimes with, with, with Crockett because I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that he needs the spotlight, but he doesn't mind the spotlights. Like exactly he'll, it. he'll do it. And I think, I think in his mind, like doing this really is for the benefit mm-hmm. of the hospital. You know I mean? He's doing it for them. Yeah. Um, And I mean, this, I, I was really appreciative of like, he still, I feel like he was a good balance in the surgery mm-hmm. of, you know, obviously getting Absolutely. them the footage they need, but also when it was time, like being like, mm, you need to step back. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I was happy with that, I think. For the and I part. think it, it almost felt like the way that Jack set it up, Jack mm-hmm. Dayton, the way he set it up, because Sharon and Crockett, we see them talking with the film crew at first. And then the film crew almost ignores, they ignore Sam from the moment he says, your show pony's right there. They basically ignore Sam. But I almost feel like Jack set it up to be like, Crockett will do whatever you want. He'll be there for whatever you need. And I think that that was setting Crockett on edge because Crockett had to say more than once, I told you to back up. Yes. But it was almost like they thought, we can do whatever we want because it's Crockett. And Jack Dayton is his boss. And Jack Dayton said. Yeah. But I do like... I know we've been saying this for a while. I hope that this is going to start the return of the Crockett that we fell in love with, who was yeah. unafraid, uninhibited, truly seeking out the best for his patients. Mm-hmm. Because even Sam looked at him and was like, do it a couple times yeah. during the surgery. And then he watched Crockett do this crazy hard thing where mm-hmm. I couldn't tell, because they were saying we couldn't move him. But then when he had to put the needle into the heart, they moved him a little bit. And then Crockett, he didn't have anything guiding him. He didn't have anything to show where he needs to go. And yet he did it flawlessly. Yeah. Did it take a little extra time? Sure. But he's good. He's genuinely good. And I think we've gotten away from how good he is mm-hmm. because we've been focusing on 2.0 so much as this yeah. character. And I'm ready for 2.0 to just disappear. And I do hate that though, because I mean, there are also benefits to 2.0. We saw that here where Sam was sort of like, I don't need this, blah, 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 you know, as far as, and I think he realized, okay, well, that was helpful actually. Yeah. So like, I, I hate that we are focusing so hard and making 2.0 like our villain basically. Yeah. Cause it doesn't have to be, I mean, no. it sounds a great tool for these doctors to have. And I, I mean, I know it's just for drama's sake and we've got to have this, I'd love to see it get wrapped up and I would love for 2.0 to still be there, but be yes. as like, not be a character yes i mean just we don't have to talk about it so much they're just in there and they use the the you know things that it has to offer and yeah. you just go along with it it doesn't have to be so i don't know polarizing between the characters of you know i don't know I and don't it doesn't have to change that. the doctors yes I but agree. they've allowed 2.0 to change crockett mm-hmm. and that i mean to Which the point not- where Go ahead. I think it's not so much, even though we're it's it's looking like it's 2.0 that's doing this. It's not 2.0. It's Jack Dayton. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that we're moving towards seeing that he might be the villain in the storyline. Not necessarily this equipment that's being brought to him. Well, I think Jack Dayton's methods are off. And I think the, his focus is so much on tech. But I think Crockett has allowed 2.0 to... It, yeah. it attacked his confidence because now he almost can't do a surgery without it. There was that one surgery where 2.0 stopped working and Crockett actually looked at the nurse and said, now what do I do? Like, yeah. You just, you would have never asked that before. You would yeah. have just done what you know how to do. Mm-hmm. 
to the point that song of all people had to say, trust your gut. Like what? Yeah. Where did the crocker go who didn't trust it? And that's that's down to his full reliance on 2.0. But it's because he was awed and amazed by the technology and mm-hmm. what it's capable of. And then he started to second guess himself in that. Yeah. I have a question because you just mentioned Dr. Song and the 2.0. Well, the first episode we brought 2.0 in, it was a different female Dr. doctor. Dr. Dupree, who I... Where did she go? They didn't explain that. We were complaining about that the, when Dr. Song came on. We were upset about that because Dr. Dupree and Crockett had such good chemistry. And all of us were like, they're going to be a thing. And then she just disappeared. Like when I first, when Dr. Song first came in, I thought, okay, cool. She's going to still be working, but she's going to be working on like techie stuff, like in a different way. Yeah. And then it's like, she just took Dr. Dupree's job. I like it. She did. Yeah, because that's even when Jack Caitlin introduced Song. back to where yes. we would have, they would like, you know, different times, different ones would be in there doing stuff. But it's like she's not coming no. back, I guess. And even when Jack introduced Dr. Song, it wasn't as that. It was she was going to be running the test like she does in every other hospital. Yeah. This is the first 2.0. Dr. Song works for Jack Dayton separately. So she wouldn't have worked with another 2.0 because this is the first 2.0. Right. So Weird. it just, it, yeah, they didn't address it. Just bothers it. me still. I'm just like, oh. Because I liked that new doctor. Yes, because they, her and Crockett were like, that yeah, was good chemistry. Good, that yeah. was nice. And with this, Still, with this, instead we get <laughs> Will and Grace. Song and Will. <laughs> I could not believe that. That was the connection that they made. What did Will say? If memory serves, they were just friends. They were just good friends, and that was my thought too. See, no chemistry. And one of them was gay. Yes. So, what what are you getting at there, Hannah? But the other thing with 2.0 this week, and the reason that they allow them in there is because that board member whose name I also don't remember, because again, they keep well, introducing like all him. these new people. So I'm okay with not remembering it. No, he upset I, me again this week. I don't think, see, I didn't get as upset with him because I think he's just trying to fulfill what he believes in setting Chicago apart from other hospitals so people will come to Chicago. So okay. I get why he believes I that. Do, and he did I- listen to Sharon. And what I just he think said, he's a bad fit for Sharon. Again, I just think it's just not, I don't know. Oh, I don't see them as like, I think it's clear that he wants romanticism from yeah. her, but I don't, I don't see anything there either. Except from that very first episode where they had dinner together and they laughed. Other than that, yeah, I haven't I seen was, anything beyond that. No. Cause every other time he's gone against what she's trying to do. I think he sides with her, but he's also Jack Dayton is his boss too. So he's what, cause even in this episode, what he said is Jack won't be happy. So he went down there as that voice because Jack's yeah. his boss. But I mean, you would expect any of the others to do that for Sharon too. They just, they yeah. don't because they don't give two craps. Yeah. No, I, I I get it. I just, I don't know. And I did like watching how, because he, he didn't come at them for how Sharon and Charles protected this mom. That's because true. the film crew wanted to come out and be like, hey, there's a problem with your son. Oh. Let's get your reaction. And obviously the right thing to do there is, no, the doctors need to come out and address this. Can you Not imagine? a film crew who doesn't know yeah. anything about medicine. Exactly. You would have had her. She was already such a torn up mess over this. Like, I don't know. I felt so sorry for her when she mm. was in Dr. Charles's office. And yes. She was basically like, when she found out herself for like being upset that he's better, which, mm. and I mean, I was sitting there as he's telling her, I'm like, no, I think like any parent would, yes. uh, would understand what you're feeling right now. Like we understand like that you, you don't want your son to, but it is sad that they don't, when they don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there is a little bit of sadness in that, even though that's, yeah. that's our goal. 
but there yeah. is some sadness there, you know? And there's so- another layer too, that this has defined her entire parenting life. Like she yes. has been caretaker and she even said, what do I do now? Yeah. She, she's, she, her one single job has been completely taken away. Yeah. And she, she doesn't know what she's going to do now. Yeah. So I get that too. Yeah. No, I definitely get it. I, I felt really upset. I, I did cry with her when she I was. Yeah. That was hard to watch because every, and even Dr. Charles says every parent in the world can sympathize with you. And we all did, I think. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you that we are going to see Jack Dayton be the villain because at the end, Sam, I love us. I just, I love Sam. I, I love him. I want to be friends with him. <laughs> yes. I, I love him so much. Just the way he delivers things. So like we did this game in our youth group and it's one of the questions was, what is something you like about yourself? Mm-hmm. And we all had to answer it. And mine was, I like that I'm direct because I would rather know, Hey, I have a problem with you. Here it is. Yeah. Or I'd like to leave a conversation sure of what just happened. I don't like the passive aggression and I don't like the subtleties and I don't like the fake. I don't, I, I can't stand yeah. it. And Dr. Sam is so no nonsense about everything. And he looks at Croc and says, you pick some weird heroes. Yeah. <laughs> he tells him point blank. It's no longer st- 2.0 is no longer standardized care. It's only going to be done through paying customers who pay specifically for yeah. 2.0. It's not even just that customers who have good insurance. It's people have to pay out of pocket extra special for 2.0. Yeah. Is my and understanding. Poor Crockett's face too. I mean, he just looks so disappointed and yeah. Because that's not what he signed up for, you know. I mean, that's he's. This is meant to be a tool to help people, not to make money for the hospital. Mm-hmm. Which I get that hospitals have to make money. I understand that that is how you run things. I don't. I'm not saying that I don't get that. So, like, I understand those things. But like, this is something that. So we're saying just because you're poor, and what if this is the only thing that can save your life? But because yeah. you're poor, you just your life isn't worth enough to use this. That whole thing bothers me. Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're gonna see it's obviously gonna borrow bother Crockett. Yeah. I mean it bothers Sam. I think the whole hospital, I think we're gonna end up having like a mutiny against Jack Dayton and all of his stuff. Because I think otherwise, I don't think any of them are gonna stand for for that being what's going on. I think I think it'll be split down the middle, probably. Because I can't imagine our characters will. Okay. But you yeah. know that there's characters who surgeons who are just like, yeah, we you know, we're here to make money. I mean, you look at yeah. all of our medical shows, there's always surgeons or doctors who are like oh we just need money my i need my stats up i need you know whatever yeah so i think there All are gonna be some of those yeah are gonna be standing against it though and sharon put it super good when she was talking to that board member she said well when we stop caring about our patients then who are we yeah and that's yeah. exactly it you do have an understanding that the hospital needs to make money otherwise it won't be able to help anybody but mm-hmm. when that is your sole priority over patient care yeah are you really serving anybody you're not you're not caring for anybody yeah no i completely agree and people are going to stop coming to you unless you privatize your hospital people are going to stop coming to you Mm because they can't afford you they can't afford it yep and you know sam's personality is that's something that we love so much about him is how direct he is and how he just he says exactly what he means and he is one who's going to be very upset about or he already Mm -hmm. is we can see he already is but yeah I think Dean is also one who's going to be, I think he'll be equal parts upset that Jack is doing this, but also I told you, I didn't like this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted, like Dean this week. I don't know. 
And even like, I remember like the last few weeks, okay, I've noticed the things that I used to hate about him that I'd be like, oh, almost like puts a smile on my face. And I'm like, he's just being so grumpy and silly. Like (laughs) now it makes me like laugh and I smile about it. And I'm like, how did that happen? Because now it's like, I just understand his personality. And I understand that deep down, he's like a little tender hearted, like guy or whatever, but he has this like gruff exterior. And so now Mm. I just laugh at his grumpiness. But I don't know. I noticed that this week. I can't remember. He said something to someone and I was just like, yeah, he was so mean to Zach. Now, later on, when he got a little too mean, I was like, no. But like at first he kept making little comments, like it's little snide comments he would make. And I would I would laugh at him. (laughs) And I'm like, these are the things I would be I was mad at him about like a year ago. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because it was also to your people. Yeah, but I like Zach. So I mean, like, I don't want him to be mean to him. It's like, I just, I understand Dean Mm -hmm. now. And so it's easier to forgive it. Yeah. But I don't know. His his whole thing this week of just trying to, I mean, just trying to not feel or be seen as weak in front of all of his colleagues or whatever, being a burden, as he called it. Um, Like, I I guess I get it because I would probably be the same way. But at the same time, like, you were getting to the point where it was, like, now affecting, like, the people you're trying to help. Mm-hmm. You can't let it affect the patient care just because you're being too prideful. Like, that's not okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was extra hard this week because he even said when he found out Sean got a job there. Yeah. When he was talking to Hannah. He said, I loved I'm like, this is how we get to keep Sean. He's going to work at the hospital somehow. I love it. I was kind of hoping that they would put that in there somehow. Yeah. But he even said to Hannah, everyone here already knows. So now there's no way he's not going to find out. So I think part of why they wrote Dean this aggressively mean this week is because he's trying to show everyone, I'm fine. So that doesn't get back to Sean how bad he is. Yeah. And so I think, I don't think he would have been as aggressively mean uh to zach or to anybody really because he even like took it on maggie a little bit and maggie was like "Uh uh-uh she didn't even that's not happening no we're not doing that (laughs) but i think that's part of why he was so aggressive is because he didn't want anyone to report to sean or give sean condolences about how bad his dad was or how how much he had he was suffering yeah yeah no i agree i agree i mean but like i mean i'm glad that i mean sean needs to know Mm -hmm. i mean i'm glad like hannah was saying like this isn't like you can't, and I'm glad that she brought up that his sobriety yep. is dependent on both of you all being honest with each other. Like, imagine if you didn't tell him and then he found out when something really terrible happened to you, how do you think that would affect his sobriety? Yeah. I mean, you exactly. have to sort of be honest, like with what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Being caught by surprise is one of the worst things that you could do. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. But that conversation with Maggie, I loved it. I, just the way she just kind of, she took charge of the situation, mm-hmm. like just pulled him aside. And she wasn't even like, it's not even like she got all grumpy and like yelled at him or like lectured him in any way. She was just like, look, I've been there. And I remember as she was talking about it, I was thinking, oh, I, even before she said it, I was like, oh yeah, Maggie, you yep. did the same thing. And so it was nice to see her recognize that and like tell him like, this isn't going to get you anywhere. Like we're here to be your family. We're here to be your support system. It's not about being a burden. Like we, we love and care for you. So, so I'm glad that she got through to him that way. And I mean, he obviously like heard her because he let Hannah help him. Well, did he let Hannah help him? Cause I think he went up to Dean and or he went up to Sean and told him himself. And then when Hannah showed up, he said, I'm sure you're, you're going to want to, but he let her, whatever. he let her come home and like, I mean, he didn't. Oh, that's right. Her. Oh, I forgot about that. 
Yeah, she's hanging out at his house. Like they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna sleep together. I just know it. <laughs> well, for the way that Maggie handled it, too, I just want to touch on real quick because I like even how she handled. Like, yeah, Maggie knows her ER, and I like that when Zach walked away to another patient, Maggie was like, "Okay, I'll help you." And then the moment that curtain was closed, she was like, you do not get to talk to my people like this in my ER. <laughs> so she didn't let, she didn't shame him. She didn't let anyone else know that she was upset and couldn't talk to him. She just, and yeah. what she said was accepting kindness is not weakness. It's a strength. Yeah. And that was what hit him is because what Dean wants more than anyone else is for people to see him as strong. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I completely agree with you. I don't like where the Hannah Dean storyline is going. I don't, I'm, I, I don't like it. Especially because you can clearly see that and maybe it's maybe I'm just seeing it more because Luigi was like, hey, I think Hannah and Sean together would be cool. But it feels to me like Sean has a thing for Hannah. I said, you know, he didn't actually say that, right? Like not in those words. We he we took something he said minor and we manifested all of that. <laughs> no, which I'm <laughs> fine with because I still like import it. Didn't we say what is something you would like to see happen with your character? And he said, I think it might be interesting to see like a Hannah Sean storyline. Yeah, but he might have said that, but he definitely didn't. He did not say that there would be a romantic storyline. No, absolutely not. He did. He said he thought that would be cool to see it play out. We manifested that. And it's because they're friends. Like, I mean, I know all of them are like friends on social media, but probably because he put this in my head. Every time Jesse posts something and I see that Luigi liked it, I'm like, look at this. Like, those are the real people. Like, so I don't know why my mind is even going there. I mean, I, they may very well be involved or, I mean, she may be married even. I don't know. <laughs> but like, this is where my head, I am like, so like seeing this now. And even at the beginning of this episode, when we heard that she got in the job, I was like, yep. love it. Every and time they're she, mentioned to go, I'm like, oh, oh that's going to be a thing. <laughs> but I don't think it actually is. No, that's what I'm saying. I think it's partly because of our interview with him that now I'm seeing so like, oh, he clearly likes her. He's clearly into her. That's a, that's a thing. Even though it was never, it, no writer ever is, said that. Even Luigi never said that. But because no, that's what we want, yeah. now I'm seeing it. But it for me, that relationship would make more sense than her and Dean. Dean 100%. is old enough to be her father. And I, you know what? People, you do you. If you, I don't, I'm not really worried about age gaps in relationships. I, I really don't. Okay. It's not for me, but it's fine. But it just, the vibe just feels, it feels more fatherly, like to me. But I really think that's where we're going. I agree completely. Unless her and, unless this is a way to get like Sean and her, like maybe her, she and Sean will work out something with Dean, like a schedule to, we'll each be taking care of them and then I, they get yeah. closer that way, maybe. Because I do think Dean is eventually going to need this transplant. I think that's coming. Like, And I think it'll be Sean's. Yeah. But we need Hannah and Sean to have some more scenes together for this to mm-hmm. play out. Like, not just hearing about it. Like, we need them to actually, like, be on screen yeah. together. Absolutely. And I think now that we may have, we may have started something with the online community that, <laughs> that Sean I like it. Let's do it. Together. Please. Especially since they're so clearly moving well in a different direction. You know. And we want... We want Luigi to stay on the show, and this is a way we can get him to stay on the show. So, yes. And next week we're getting so much more of Archer too. Hmm. Been a lot of Archer lately. A lot. a lot. Yeah. The only thing that we saw from the preview for next week is this one case, but we know that's the other thing too. Is all the previews every week show us just one single case, and then there's like forty five in the episode. Exactly. So much. <laughs> so what we see in the preview is Archer 
sort of battling with this patient who he refuses the surgery, but if he refuses it, it's going to paralyze him. And Archer has to have a conversation with Dr. Charles. And that seems like it's, I feel like Dr. Charles is getting irritated with him in the preview. So there's going to be some heat there. And that's, that's all we're really shown for next week. So we can be certain at least that Dean is going to almost take a will like approach to his patients because it seems like he's pretty irritated. This guy wants to paralyze himself and won't take this thing. And we've yeah. seen Will make decisions like that before where he's just... Oh, absolutely. They <laughs> tend to think that they know more than the patient, which, you know, it's not cool. But I like the passion behind that, so... Yes. Let's just not uh, let that be what... <laughs> let turns I don't want that to happen to me <laughs> in real life, obviously, but... No. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what we got for next week. That's all they gave us. It was a, like a half... On all the previews this week in Chicago were like half a second clips. Yeah, they were. So now we're just going to jump right into fire and dig in there. Yeah, beginning in this episode, though, this was nice. We got like a little tiny mention about Stella's visit with Severide and how that went. Um, and we know like she had been worried that he may not return, mm-hmm. but apparently he says he can't wait to get back to 51. So that's promising. Um, yeah. Hopefully that means that they, I don't know what that means, though, because I don't know that I've seen any confirmation that Taylor is definitely coming back, but I don't know why they would say that. If not, so hopefully that means that that he is going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, because they went out of their way to say that. Yeah, when I don't think they had to do, they didn't have to do that part. They could say that he was doing fine and, you know, yeah. he misses everyone without saying the words, he can't wait to get back to 51. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say something could change his mind. I guess yeah. it's possible. Um, but I mean, without Kelly there, I think I'm in, I am enjoying sort of Joe taking the leadership role of squad while, his, while Kelly's gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw a little bit of this in Stella when she first became lieutenant. She was timid at first about how to be the lieutenant. Yes. And Joe's doing that too. What did make me sad, and I hope that they fix this quick, because Joe fought so hard to get Javi. Him and Chloe did. They wanted to have him so bad. They want to be everything for him. They want to be parents to him. Mm-hmm. I didn't like seeing the pain on Javi's face when he and asked Joe to show up. Here's the thing. I don't like, this happened last week too, when... Bowden was like you know you've got to do this and he you know made the comment oh but I was supposed to be at Javi's whatever and Bo just kind of gave him this look like I don't really care I don't like that approach like I understand that like sometimes yes things are going to come up that you cannot get out of you have to do them whatever but like let's feel a little let's have some compassion for the fact that like I mean like Bowden you you have a child too like the thing is like I understand jobs are important your careers are important great I look at life as my kids are only small once. Yep. And now granted, no, sometimes you cannot be at everything. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. But you can't miss all of his games. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not cool with that, actually. No, at all. That's disappointing to Javi. And, and that's not who Joe, Joe is. You're never going to get these moments back. Mm-hmm. Once they're gone, they're gone. And so I, I agree. It bothered me that we're just sort of so nonchalantly like, well, that's just life. Mm-hmm. your kids just aren't as important i mean that's not how i look at things and i no. don't like that at all and it's never been who joe cruz is never ever no no and he I mean, didn't he even say he missed the first time otis said javi's name yes so they're like he's missing big things yes and i just when i get like last week it was a little more i didn't like Bowden's attitude about it at all mm-hmm. i was like that doesn't feel like Bowden either yeah but i get that the specific training that joe needed was offered at that time and it wasn't going to be able for a long time and he needed that i get that sure but to have it continue like what are you what is the added work like you look at 
Kelly. He didn't have an Estella and, and Chris, they all have lives outside of the firehouse. They're yeah. all lieutenants. Yeah. Chris has four or five other kids and a wife, yeah. and he's still parent to all of them. Plus he owns Molly's. Yeah. What is it that they have Joe doing that's taking over know. everything? I get the training, but the training should have been that one time. Yeah. I At agree. Because I he's interim. He's not, he's not, unless they're having him do lieutenant classes. I remember that took over a lot of time for Chris. Yeah. But they said they're not doing that. Yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't care no, for it though. I, I mean, don't like that. And the other thing I don't like is freaking Banford. Oh, I don't like that guy. That guy, like, okay, so it really bothered me. Like, there were lots of things that he did. He had little, you know, like kind of being snarky to yeah. and things like that. Like, okay, I don't need a babysitter, whatever. but okay. But the biggest thing, this is what I didn't get. When he said something bad about Cindy, here's mm. my thing. Okay. One. Even if, even if she wasn't sick, mm-hmm. even if she was not sick, you don't know her, you don't know her. You don't even know Herman well enough. Like, I think I said this, I was talking to Eve or somebody and I'm like, me. or okay. Yeah. I'm like, my, look, my husband, he may call me things like, a, I mean, he may think I'm a psycho sometimes and he can very well say it. I can promise you if anyone else in the world said it, he's going to go off on them. Yep. I mean, it's just the way, like, also, I mean, like, I can say things about my husband. Don't anyone else come and say them about him because I'm going to get super defensive because he's mine, you know? Like, so it was just weird that you would feel that brave to say that regardless of, like, anything. I mean, like, you don't, you don't know the situation at all. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very weird to me that you thought that that was going to fly. Yeah. And he just, <laughs> the fact that he showed that much, and even if, even if he did know, I mean, Chris is still a lieutenant. That's still, yes. he's still higher than you. He's still yeah. a boss in 51. If that lieutenant, even if it's not your direct truck lieutenant, yeah, he tells you to do something, you go do it. Yeah. So for him to come at, not just Cruz, but also yeah. come at Crit, because he originally, he wasn't saying anything bad about Cindy at first. He was saying something yeah. bad about Herman. And then he dug into Cindy like, what? Yeah. And then he's even trying to rally the other guys against Cruz even yeah. when he was saying, yeah, he didn't, he tried to tighten my leash and he, I, I still made the save. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cruz was still there and Cruz is the one who directed you to do something. And he told you where to go and how to do it. So for you to come back to the house and then try to get all his guys against him. Mm-hmm. And then you come at someone who's been there longer than anyone other than mouch yes <laughs> and you come like, at him i just read the room anyways yeah. like that's not the way 51 operates like exactly they all give each other like a little hard time here and there but it's never like that it's always in like a good fun type situation it's never like actually like roasting someone else like that yeah like, they don't that's not how they roll and so mm. that was weird to me and even carter said that to him because Cruz wanted to take him out again. And he looked at Carver and said, I just had a, again, I just had a beer with him last week. Is this how 51 is? And Carver yeah. said, well, yeah, but you get used to it. It's kind of, that's who we are. Yeah. And Carver's still new and you couldn't listen to the new guy. And it like, was weird. Yeah. So you know that they were just trying to get rid of him the moment they wrote in for him to insult Cindy because um, mm-hmm. Cindy and Chris are kind of off limits in the fandom. I was reading an article about yes. if she actually... The actress had cancer and there's no signs that she does live in real life, but she's a very yeah. private actress. So yeah. there's not a lot we know about her personally, but you were seeing the responses to people from the episode where she got cancer 
Mm -hmm. I'm like, um, the one thing we're not going to do is mess with Cindy Herman. If Cindy Herman dies, we're riding. Like all these people were so angry that you dared, you dared to touch Cindy and Chris. And so they wrote Banford to attack Cindy and Chris because that was the easiest way to be like, all right, no one's going to care if we kick him off the show. (laughs) Bye. He's he's all done. And that's what Joe did. And that was Joe's thing. This episode was he didn't want to be responsible for Mm -hmm. a black mark on somebody else. And it was Bowden who said, you have to write a complaint. And that's, that was what made it clear is because he said, but I'm not a Lieutenant. Mm -hmm. So that's the other reason why we're all confused on what this extra work is. He's got to do what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. But Bowden said, you have to make the choice. Either you get rid of him or you make it work. And after saying that about Cindy, there was no making it work. So he let him go. And he thought for sure that meant he wasn't up to it. But Stella tells him, you're all leader. Yeah. I hate to tell you, I think she said something like, I hate to tell you this, Joe Cruz, but you're all leader. This just proved it. So, it, you know, it's it's kind of, it's nice to see Cruz step up as leader. But one thing that's missing in Kelly's absence is the excitement and the big saves. Because I think Taylor Kinney had more training into that. Yeah. And I think he's worked longer to do that stuff. So we missed the action that way, but Amble 61, every week it feels I feel like they're getting like these big calls and they're mm-hmm. they're we're spending more time focused on Amble 61 than we are on the trucks at the firehouse. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with that. And I mean this the calls that they had this week, I mean, this was even what was in the preview last week, which you know, it was a much smaller amount of the show <laughs> than like I expected it to be. I was thinking we were having like another infection type episode where it's yes. crazy. I also thought um, Med was gonna have much more of a presence on the show. I know, like Will's only appearance was what we actually saw in the preview. That's okay. Yep. Okay. Um, but this was wild. Like, so like they showed up that that one guy, the husband, super erratic. Like, I mean, just acting absolutely crazy. And then they got him. You know, they obviously got him to med. They, and they, what they had, they went back to med for something else. And that's when they saw some, like one of the other ambulances bringing in someone else who had a very similar symptoms. And that's when they talked to Will and he was like, mm, we need to get like, figure out what's going on. Cause this could be like, you know, some sort of outbreak type situation. And then what, okay. So Brett brought up these Tylenol murders of 82, which granted I was just born in 82, but I've never heard of this. Like, I have. But it, you had, okay. Because that was the, that was actually um, something, I don't know if it was exactly Tylenol. I just remember hearing about when people would put things in the pill bottles yeah. and that's when they made the law to put the seal on all the medicine bottles. And I wonder if that's also like, cause you know, not all, but some medicine bottles also have that like cotton in there, which yeah. I feel like that would be helpful because if something soak was it injected, it would soak it up right there and mm-hmm. wouldn't make it to the pills. I mean, not all pill bottles have those though. Like most of them do, but some mm-hmm. of them don't. It's like, oh, I barely have any with cotton in them anymore. I know. I'm trying to think if it's, I was trying to picture in my head if it's a different, like, like maybe if it's the ones that aren't gel coated, like maybe they do because it, I don't know. I don't know. I've seen it still in a few anyways, but anyways, I don't know. That was interesting to me because I was like, oh my God, like now I'm going to be like, like super vigilant about like checking to make sure like these haven't been tampered with when I get them. Cause like now I'm like, Violet say the same thing. (laughs) She did. And that's how I felt because I'm thinking, okay, with all this stuff I've had in my mouth, I've been like eating Advil like it's freaking candy over the last couple months. I'm like, imagine how many bottles I've went through. What if there had been something done to them? Like, I don't know. It freaked me out. I didn't like it at all. But I don't know. There was, it was cool though. This case brought not only uh, 
guest appearance from Will, but we got a guest appearance from Haley. I'm like, man, yep. we are, and we got, they talked about Goit. So I'm like, man, we are getting all kinds of <laughs> little tiny crossovers here. Mm-hmm. But you know, I thought it was pretty cool. I did think how crazy it was that Brett's head went that far back. Like, Brett's I younger than f- me. Like, she yeah, definitely exactly. wasn't born in 82. You know? Yes. And so I, I genuinely couldn't figure it out how she jumped to that. But you could see the whole episode that Brett just couldn't stop thinking about it. Well, and I wonder if she's just, I feel like she's that person that is just super knowledgeable about like things like this. Like she probably sits and does research on like crazy cases that have happened in the Mm -hmm. past just for fun in her own leisure time. (laughs) I could just see her doing that, you know? Yeah. Whereas Violet, I don't think Violet would do something like that. (laughs) No. You know? Yeah, I mean Brett and Violet. I, I love I do like seeing because I like seeing them be sort of the heroes. Mm-hmm. Um but Mouch definitely had his own heroic moment <laughs> this episode, right? He had a couple of them this he week. Did? Yeah. I like when we focus on Herman and Mouch because uh, I think that they're they're just so fantastic. But Mouch, well, it was go ahead. He's one of those like I forget how fantastic he is until yeah. we focus on him. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I love him. Like, let's do this more. Mm-hmm. He's so like he's not cap level funny because cap is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but Mouch is funny. Yes, <laughs> and I love Mouch in like a but in a different kind of way. Like, I mean, like mm-hmm. Cap is funny in that like goofy, like oh my god, yes, you said that kind of way. Mouch is just that man is just who he is. Yes, like, just who he's always been. He will make no apologies <laughs> for it. Like, I, I don't know. I think who was the new guy a couple weeks ago when they Mouch had the pillow on the couch? He was like, how do you get this? And Mouch went, have a heart attack. <laughs> yes. I heard, who was that that said that? But, oh, it was the guy filling in on the, that had the crush on Violet, right? I he was in for great. someone, but yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. It might have been when Brett went to go visit Casey, maybe. Maybe. That far back? No. Because that was why Gallo and Violet kissed. It was that guy that was like at the firehouse. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. I don't remember who he was still for, though. I don't, I don't anyway. either. But he was, it was definitely on, uh, I think he was on the truck, wasn't he? I think so. But this this week, uh, Mouch, it was the blood drive that they were called to. That was the mm-hmm. only fire we saw this week was the oh. fire at, was that a school or because it didn't look like a hospital because Stella had to ask what's happening here because she saw the blood going up the steps. Yeah. So I couldn't figure out where they were at, but they were having yeah. a blood drive wherever they yeah. were. And yeah. the poor, the poor woman in there was trying to put out the fire with a water bottle. <laughs> no, I felt so bad for it. And Mouch got to carry out the cooler full of blood and be the hero. And Stella even gave him the nod of approval. And it was just, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's something like, normally you're you know when people are like being difficult in these fires you're like come on save yourself but in this case i mean that is something really important i mean like if you that's gonna a lot hundreds be hurt by this going to waste and like so i don't know i thought that was that was fun to see him be the hero and bring that out you know and it was right after that when you kind of see him trying to be the hero in another way because he was commissioned to build this fire model fire truck and i love how everyone's looking at him and i think it was brett who said isn't this supposed to be like a fun stress reliever? Like, no, this is like a real thing. <laughs> that whole conversation was so funny. I mean, cause he is so serious about it. Like it made me think of my uncle is really into puzzles. And like, to the point that like, if he's got, if he's got a puzzle, like going like on, like don't touch it. 
because he's actually going to get really upset with you that if like you mess up the progress he's already made and so it made me feel like that like I think we had a birthday party even and he had it on the kitchen table and so my aunt had just put the tablecloth over it and she like had to tell everybody please be very careful there is a puzzle underneath this we are not allowed to like mess up because he'll get really upset because he, like it's his thing he loves to do puzzles I don't know let me think about well, this one was even more intense because this other chief comes in and he makes a big deal about it being for his dying dad. Yeah. And then Mouch went a little insane. <laughs> he he went a little crazy over the missing, what was it, a cannon? Oh, a gun. Some kind of little gun. Or gun, yeah. That, yeah. Um, I don't know. But <laughs> Ritter and Gallo trying to find, they're like, they've got one down. At the, it was funny. They said the target down on something. And in my head, I was like, me and Maureen saw that target. It's the big one. Like, I remember us seeing it. We did. Because whatever road Right they by said, 51. Whatever road they said, I remembered the name of that road. I was like, oh, that's that target that had the multiple floors and the garage to park in. And I remember thinking like, this is a crazy target. I was think that's that the a, one he was, was talking Halstead? about. <laughs> well, he didn't say Halstead this time, but I you have to go back and watch whatever street it was was the street that stuck out in my brain like we were on that street several times when we were there and if so you go to chicago to catch the filming by the way all roads lead to halston you're all always of them too <laughs> at some point you were on halston all the time we were on that road like seventy thousand different times we were okay. so they're looking for this and i like that even when gallo and ritter come in and Ritter was like, Gallo even scoured the dark web. <laughs> I think I all I, I almost bought what did he say? Like something from he's like, I'm probably on a list somewhere now. <laughs> Crafty up. I was like, only Gallo would get himself put on some sort of list from doing this. <laughs> I love every of this every oh, that was a weird sentence. I love every scene we get with them when they're just chilling at the barrels. That's Gallo and Ritter together absolutely <laughs> they're just amazing absolutely and honestly i love it when violet and brett are involved too because brett's really mm -hmm. funny with that group of guys too like yep i, I agree okay. i like brett with them too and i think that in this one gallo or get ritter actually found one at a store and he bought mm -hmm. it for him and <laughs> mouch is freaking out no he'll notice that it was a toy it's not the same level whatever and then they find someone on reddit and all he wanted is free all he wanted was an item from the truck. So they gave him a... I don't think that it was a smart idea to give this random dude off, off of Reddit I, the slam again. I agree. I was like, do we know this guy? Like, what's he going to do with this? They're breaking into people's homes. It's going to be all in the Chicago Because they even said you can get into any door mm -hmm. with this. And I'm, that in my head was like, oh, that's not... That's Why are you dangerous. giving him ideas, Mouch? Like, why? So crazy. <laughs> but then I love that Ritter's like, Softly similar to the one that I got you. <laughs> well, then the worst part is like when he finally gives it to the guy, it was a toy. He was just giving it to his daughter so that he could have a video of her playing with it to show her grandpa. <laughs> and this little child is like, I mean, it makes me think, it kind of made me think of my kid like playing with a toy, like rough. You know what I mean? Like, even Annabelle. <laughs> Would you ever Annabelle Herman when she was young? Yeah. Like, Right. My favorite part about this is when Mouch literally ran away, covering his eyes as he yes. ran away from the portrait. <laughs> Just complete abject so terror. So funny. But I mean, speaking of heroes, like Carver has become one of our favorite heroes in Kelly's absence and not the only favorite hero of 51 because we love them all at 51, mm -hmm. but he just keeps looking better and better every week. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm really I'm liking him a lot and I, I don't know yet how i feel about there's a little bit we've been talking a lot about ships um 
on this episode here. I think we're trying to start something with him and Violet. I don't possibly. like it. Uh, I don't think I like it either. I, I just, I'm a little. I, I like. I will say this. I like this better than I do Will and Grace, though. <laughs> I do. Okay. But here's my thing. Like, because I think if Gallo was not in the mix, I would be 100. Yeah, percent Let's it. do Carver and Violet because I do think they're well suited for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, for me, and people hate me saying this, I liked the idea of him and Stella. But only if Kelly wasn't ever going to come back. Yes. I think the characters had good chemistry. They like were well suited for each other. Obviously, we didn't want to split her up with Kelly. So that was the only thing kind of holding us back there. Um, I think Violet and Stella are have similar personality traits. Not exactly, but similar. So I think this would work. But my issue with this is... <sighs> I feel like we we really worked hard to like build the Gallo thing back up and then we just forget it. Like, Mm -hmm. and I I know that they decided a couple weeks ago, they were just going to be friends, but we also, most of the fandom wants them to be end game. They said that, but I, it didn't feel like in that scene that either one of them actually wanted that. No, it's just what they said. So So I really thought by season end, we were going to have them back Mm -hmm. together. I would rather, I don't even know if I'm ready for them to be back together yet, as long as they end up together, because I really, yeah. we've talked about this. We enjoy the friendship between those three so but much. I, but I also really like Carver. So like, I don't necessarily know that I want you to take it down the route with Violet. If it's not, if there's, we know there's no chance that it's like in game mm-hmm. either. Yeah. I just bother. I don't know, but I mean. I'd rather see Violet with someone off screen because Gallo is who most of us want her to be with in the end. So I'd rather like her addition, have relationships. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like a Dylan type. Like, you know, oh, someone that. I thought you were saying you want Violet to take the magician guy. No, I mean, no, she, she could if she wants, but like someone like him that we don't care anything for. His name so is that, Dylan, by the know. way. <laughs> I don't care for him at all. Um <laughs> I don't know. I almost mentioned this whole Violet Carver thing on our recording last week, but I was like, nah, I'm making you this did. up. Like, did I mention it? Okay, I didn't I know if so. I did. Or no, I no, you I... mentioned it in our chat if we were picking up vibes. Because last week when we recorded, I remember thinking it, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to say anything because I feel like I'm always the one just creating ships and like this isn't actually happening. So I'm glad that I was not wrong though, because this week I was like, it was definitely in our face. Like they were flirting. There was mm-hmm. something happening. Especially when he downplayed the sale of his Bronco. Yeah. When he was like, well, no, it was just time for a change. It was just. It's just so strange to me that I don't think Carver and Violet have even spoke to each other until last episode. Mm -hmm. And he's been on all season. They've never even had one conversation. So. I think we're just supposed to expect it to be. I think we're just expected to believe that off camera when we when it's when we aren't seeing them they're actually talking and hanging out just like they are with anybody else but you can't with people that we're invested in you can't do that yeah i don't know it just feels it feels awkward to me i'm not not completely like no don't do it but i'm not sure i am because even when she was like i told him that you did all the repairs in my building that you did a great job so don't screw it up and carter was like Mm, I won't and even that was like, like mm, ah, the only no. reason I'm cool with this is if we find someone completely lovely for Gallo to have I see I want That's him to too much I think because I love Gallo too much for him to feel the pain of this and he will I know. they've made that clear even as recently as last week they made that clear I know 
So I don't, don't create that kind of drama. We just unless started to like Carver. Don't do that. Unless we're just doing this to sort of make them, them make them realize that no, they need to be together, which if that's the case, okay. They got to do that right then. If that's the case. Yeah. I don't want Carver to, he seems like he's really ready for something serious now. Mm-hmm. So like, that's exactly it him either. Cause we I like don't. him now. So don't, don't make it so that we have to choose between him and Gallo and yeah. don't make it so that Carver feels so awkward around them because he and Gallo are the ones who have been getting along really well. Like they've been yeah. really truly there for each other. Yeah, exactly. So don't make yeah. him break guy code. He can't do that. No, not. I mean, he's already was kind of after Kelly's like wife. Like, let's not like they're not on the not same putting... truck. They aren't buddies. I know, but let's not <laughs> put him in the middle of another firehouse couple potentially. Yes, give him so. somebody new or that's not. Well, what are we gonna do if Kelly doesn't? If Kelly comes back. What are we, who are we going to put him with then? Because we're pretty sure that Brett is leaving with Casey, aren't we? Oh, are we? I don't know. I mean, you can't bring Matt Casey back and then not have anything between him and Brett unless they're coming back to solidify they're done. But that would be a little painful for everybody. Well, why do we need to do that? <laughs> like, we are, they already were done. Okay. Why do we need to do that again? I don't but know. he's coming back. You're going to tell me that nothing is going to be said or done about them when he's back? Because he's it's got to. I don't know. It has to go one way or the other. Yeah. No, I completely agree. But I could see, I could see Carver and Brett together sooner I than I could see Carver and Violet. No, I thought that too. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I actually thought like the idea of him and Brett. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I, t- I think I've said that because I feel like Carver is. He's a little like Matt personality wise. I think he's a little more broody. He's like a mixture of Kelly and, and Matt, really. Like he's kind of got the. He's, That's a perfect way to describe him. He's like Matt, but with Kelly's like, I'm so sad attitude sometimes. So yeah, we'll see. But no, I, I I would like the idea of him and Brett better. But then you can't bring Matt back here and like tease me with like that perfection again. Exactly. Take it from me. <laughs> Do we so, know how long he's coming back for? Did they just say for an episode? Is all we are guaranteed? I don't think they said at all. I think we just know next episode. Well, that feels mean. I know. Now, now, now Dick Wolf is just uh, abjectly toying yeah. with the entire Chicago fandom. <laughs> all these relationship possibilities are so great to watch play out, but you know nothing beats the OG 51 power couple. And it's the Hermans. Obviously, it's the Hermans. And we watch watching Chris almost lay out Banford was so satisfying when he says, uh, how did he say it? He said, you'll never know a woman as good as Cindy Herman. And I mean, that was so, so satisfying. And I really wish she would have just taken a swipe at him, even if it was like after hours. Punch Banford out. That just would have, that would have soothed my soul. And the reason I wanted to end with this in fire is because Cindy is so panicked as her thing keeps getting moved and the times keep changing and she just wants an answer. And I so relate to that. And when she's calm, Chris panics. And I love that scene where he comes in there and she's calm on the couch with the kids and everything's fine. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. But when he's talking to Bowden, I so related to that mentality of the fearful, of, is it going to be okay? Is it not going to be okay? When do we know? Mm-hmm. And actually the only thing that was unreal about this is typically they don't do a second scan, I guess, at least not here. We actually, yeah. something else had to go wrong with me for them to do a second scan after my treatment to see if the cancer was gone. Really? And my husband and I were so confused. Like, why? But why wouldn't you do another scan after chemo was finished? I, feel like, I mean, yeah, why wouldn't you? Like, it seems like that would be normal. Our oncologist said that that's not, that's not standard practice anymore. 
that they won't, they don't typically but do how that. How do you anymore. know it's gone? I don't know. <laughs> I guess they give you medicine for five. It used to be 10 years, but now you have to be on it for five to seven years. And I guess they'll do a thing then, but who they was just, it hanging over their head for five years? No, I feel like I would like, I would be like, I'll pay for it out of pocket. I'll do something like scan me. Like $10,000 for that scam. Well, shit, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to have a fundraiser. Somebody help me. Like I need this scan, please. It's $9,989 for a pet scan. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, but maybe that was for just breast cancer patients because they, I had a mastectomy. So maybe that's why, I don't know, but she got the scan and yeah. all she wanted was to know. And I love the scene when Chris comes home, he's like, well, we'll call. And she gets in the car and he goes, well, okay. <laughs> and he just gets in the car with her. When they get to the like doctor's office and the doctor leaves for a second, he's like, I think he's going to get security. <laughs> and she's like, good. But I'm with her on that. Like, yes. obviously I've not experienced that, but just. I mean, I mean, I know I, it's not relatable to my face and all that stuff, but like this, the, I feel like sometimes the doctors and other, they're so nonchalant about like what you're going through. Like, even if it is just to relieve my anxiety, please do that for me because I'm sitting over on my phone looking stuff up. Like I'm constantly like looking at stuff and I'm worrying myself to death. It would take no time at all for you to just like relieve my fears, please. And so I, I don't know. I think I loved that she stood up for herself. Yeah. She was like, no, we're not rescheduling me again. Mm -hmm. And, and like, that's great that the doctor wants to save his best news for the end of the day. But what, what about the person who's actually receiving the best news? Yeah. I mean, they have to wait all day to get yeah, that. Like, exactly. And it'd be different if it wasn't the 16th time you moved her appointment. Yes. So a one change, fine, maybe, but to continue to do it over and over and over again is insane. And one change for, I mean, a change for no reason is what would bug me. Like if you had an emergency come up that a patient that needed to get in there. Exactly. Like, that's different. But if you're doing it just for your own, like. Benefit. I just rather, I like it better this way. No. <laughs> that's no reason. Because this is stressful. This person could be dying or not. Yeah. It sucks to have to be the one to deliver that news, but you got into that field. Yeah, we didn't choose to get cancer. You chose to be an oncologist. <laughs> worse to hear the news than for yeah. you to deliver it. Exactly. So just, I mean, I don't know. But I definitely, I don't know if I was alone in this. I'm willing to bet I wasn't. I definitely cried when they got that news because Chris oh and gosh, her yes. both crying. Oh my gosh! It just <laughs> just needed to happen. Like uh, it, it was nice that they ended the episode on this too. They ended the episode on the best possible news they could, and then went into a preview where we see Matt Casey returning. <laughs> I mean, good news all around, right? No, I love it. He asked to see Stella. Stella walks in the room and then it turns around mad. And then we see him, Brett looks shocked and they share a hug and that's kind of where it ends. And that's why I think that they can't, they can't address that relationship. Yeah. Or they can't not rather. What does it mean? Like, I can't wait to find out. Like, I need to know why is he back? How long is he going to stay? What does that mean for everyone else? Like, mm -hmm. there's so many questions to be answered. Yeah. And are we going to be satisfied if he leaves again and Brett doesn't go with him? I mean, not really. But at the same time, I don't, I like Brett and I don't want to mm -hmm. lose her. But I don't know. Really, the only solution I want is that Matt Casey returns and stays with us forever. And maybe he but will. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Jesse has said in the past... At some point, he will be back. Oh, he has. I feel, again, okay. this is one of those. Sometimes I hear these things, like people say, oh, Jesse said this, but I've not read those actual interviews. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. I've heard that several places before. 
Well, they have been alluding to it all season two with the talks that Kelly and Brett were having about, I wish I went with him. I wish I did this. So yeah, there's a very real chance that it could be, that's could be exactly where it's headed. So, I don't, I don't, I don't we'll but see. that's next week. So it's the, it's the episode everyone's been waiting for is coming next week. So that's good. That's nice. That's, that's all we got. And so now we can go into PD, which Jeanette has been dying to talk about since Wednesday. Talk about episodes we've looked forward to. <laughs> we're going to save, just like we did with Fire, we're going to save Jeanette's best part. Jeanette's best part for last. Everyone's best part. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, I mean, this episode, and I mean, obviously I'm making jokes about the end being my favorite part. This was a good episode all around. Um you know, just one case we focused on this week, but a lot, but I mean, this case led to so much with Kim. And so that's what I think was, was really cool about the way that they did this. You know, obviously like there's the string of robberies that Kim just, I always love to how like, they just so happen to like, they turn on the radio and immediately a call pops up that they're right next to. I'm like, that's just so convenient. It always happens. It works in the real world. I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. And I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, is she like, is that how this works? Like you're off to your therapy and like, literally you get in your car and you're back on, on duty. Like <laughs> not even just, um, I don't know. It just, it seems a little crazy to me sometimes, but good thing that she was because when she gets to this, you know, robbery that's happening, there's, you know, a man who is not doing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, obviously she hadn't gotten there right away. I'm not sure that he would have made it. Yeah. Um, and even coming from therapy, she was able to help the guy who worked in the store. She utilized the tool she's been learning in therapy to help calm him down and yes. get him to stay with her in the present. Yes. I swear. I mean, Kim is it, fantastic. The people that don't love Kim, I don't understand it because I see it in Facebook groups, not our Facebook group, but other ones. Well, they're all like, oh, here we are, the Kim show again. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> That's exactly what it should be. Because Kim Burgess is like the best part of One Chicago, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, this woman has been through a lot. Okay, <laughs> let's give her a break, please. I think a lot of it has to do with jealousy because Adam Ruzek seems to be a favorite male cast member amongst the fandom. Yeah, that's true. Don't you all don't have to be jealous. You can love them both. I do. I mean, he'll never meet a bigger Ruzak fan than me, but like I love I mean, him too. A Adam Ruzak is not a real person. And B, you will never have a relationship with Adam Ruzak for no. the aforementioned reason. So that's no use or, getting jealous about it. To be honest, you're not gonna have a relationship with Patty Pfluger either. Like <laughs> no. as disappointing as this is, it's not gonna happen. So just get over it, people. Okay. But no, I mean she gets a lot of hate. I think people want to like see like all of her trauma is like this weakness and they don't like seeing us dive into it but like shows her strength absolutely absolutely and i mean talk more about that later when we get to like all of that but just in this like in this string of robberies i'm not sure that anyone else could have handled things as well as she did in these cases. Mm-hmm. And it probably did, like you said, have to do with her therapy and being able to use those tools to help these people that have been affected by these robberies. There's so much in this episode, not just the end, that shows her and Adam and their connection. I think as soon as he heard over the radio that she's, you know, arrived at this, you know, sh- this robbery and the shots were fired. I mean, he, you know, it wasn't, I think they said that Callum was sick. And so his, he's off duty from his undercover right now. Um, 
but he came right over there to check on her because he heard shots were fired and he wanted to make sure that she was okay and i mean he's so attentive and when like in helping her dive into these things and i don't know i just love their interactions together and how supportive of he how he is for her all the time but they eventually i mean like watching the the stuff which a little awkward that you know i want i want to say okay when they saw what they saw on screen for a second there i was like y'all is this the sexual situations that like we're alluding to because i was about to get angry like if this is what it is i'm not happy right now i almost messaged you all like really this better not be why there was like a certain rating obviously there was more but for a second there that popped in my head and i was like but i mean how awkward that they both were like are they that's weird (laughs) um but i mean it, it gave them some they were able to go and guess they found her mask is that what she took it off and put it in the dumpster yeah and there was hair like on it or whatever so Mm -hmm. they're trying to get that um and that hair matches something in the database and so they're able to find him but ethan because of how it matched in the database they were able to find her apartment able to find where her car was because they put a bolo on her car and then adam and her find the next hit that they have because it just it was right by their car Mm-hmm. They heard shots fired and they went over there and Ethan gets away. The shop owner bleeds out. He actually dies right there in yeah. Kim's arms. But Ruby is in the back in a state of complete shock going over distance in cities, distance in cities over yeah. and over and over again. It was heartbreaking, like watching her so break down. I mean, I know that she had been involved in all these robberies and all these bad things, but it was clear to me that mm-hmm. she- she was more of a victim than a perp in my opinion um just in the way that she was i mean obviously breaking down and you know i think probably equal parts brainwashed yes but she did fire a gun and she did she did she did and i mean i'm not saying that you have to ignore that but you could also recognize the other half of it too the breakdown that she was having was not it wasn't something small i mean this was something that clearly i mean she was in a state of like complete panic i mean she was in a disassociative yeah yeah state with the way she was going through those like miles and things in her head um and again i mean i think kim being the recognizing that she has also been in those same kind of states was the perfect person to respond to this and like i was afraid she was gonna have to shoot her the way she kept saying like and you could tell Kim was, she's like, I don't want to shoot you. Like you are going to have to respond to me right now. And so, you know, finally she did. But this is another area where Ruzik trusts Burgess. Yes. Because she had a hunch that the rapist that she had accused was mm-hmm. the guy she was robbing people with. And immediately Adam and Adam said, all right, let's go. You and me. Yes. Let's go check it I out. Lo- that was one of my favorite scenes with him too, because he was even saying he didn't actually think that they were going to find anything from this. Yep. But because of the the trust that he has in her and just the way he supports her, mm-hmm. he was like, even if we're not going to find anything, like if you need to go check this out, let's go do it. Yeah. If that will help you, like, we'll go do it. And so I don't, I mean, I just think it was, it's amazing to see the way that they work off of each other. Absolutely. Yeah. And she was right. Kim was right. Mm-hmm. And they're able to find him in yeah. the train yard. Yes. And that. This was a scene I loved. Oh, I loved it. I just loved so much how, you know, he went to fire, she fires back and we zoomed down to her hand and it's not shaking anymore. And Mm -hmm. it was just earlier in that episode after she had to fire those first shots, it was shaking Mm -hmm. a little. 
So in that amount of time, it was just this really great, like, she's really come so far. Mm -hmm. So that was. um, And I even love that they zoomed in on the hand and then they panned up to Adam's face. And that's immediately where Adam's eyes went was right to her hand. And he had this big grin on his face. So proud. There's yeah. a dead guy sitting right in front of him. And I'm like, yeah. We're not worried about that guy. We're not worried about that guy. And doesn't yeah. Adam bring it up to her later too? That she wasn't I, shaking? And then she was like, you're right. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Does he bring that up? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I do remember hearing that. Because I think I think he even said the word that he was proud of her at some point yeah. too. Like, he said the lockers. That have, that, yeah, that's when it was. Yeah, in the locker room. So, no, that was, it was good. Uh, the only thing that... With this case, and normally I don't, normally I'm not on the train of like, Voight's wrong for the way that he like handles situations. I don't know this time because obviously the the ethical dilemma of how they even found out who Ruby was, I'm not sure that I agree with being able to use that. I'm not sure I disagree. I don't know what I think. The thing is though, I feel like I... I don't know. I watched SVU here and there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I remember this being on some episode at some point and Olivia Benson also being like, absolutely not. We're not using this because just like Haley said, that's another reason for someone to not come forward because they're afraid that their DNA is just out there to be used for anything at this point. And I think it's, I don't know. I don't know that I agree with it. I mean, I, I agree that we have to do something like you had to do something to like catch these people. I I get that, but I don't know. It just felt, it felt wrong to me. And typically the way I go by things, if it feels wrong somehow, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it felt wrong. I guess for me, it was the way that Haley, Haley said it. That was like, well, what I don't, I guess I don't see the, the issue here. And she said, it was how she said it. She said, I wouldn't report my rape if I knew it would be used in this way. But the way it was being used was to identify this person who was once a victim as a criminal, who was a criminal, who was doing wrong things, who put someone in the hospital, who murdered another person, yeah. who, I mean, all I the people me, that they hurt. So I was like, well, you wouldn't come forward if you felt that your DNA was going to be used to identify you in a crime. Yeah. Don't commit crime. Yeah. But I think for me, it would be the fear of like not knowing how it could be used in the future. Do you know what I mean? Like just the mm-hmm. unknown of like, here, I'm giving you my DNA. I'm doing this as one thing, as a victim. And then it's just out there. It can be pulled for anything. I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me. So I think, and I thought it was interesting that, I mean, clearly, I mean, obviously it was Haley and Kim that had the biggest problem with it. Mm. Um, Adam had a little bit of a problem with it. Adam had a little bit of a problem, but I think it was only because it was Kim saying it. was it. affecting I'm not Kim, sure. I think. And I think Kevin the same way. I think both yeah. of them, it was because it was affecting Kim. I would have loved for Trudy to have been in that conversation yeah. because I wonder right now we had the men versus the women. I honestly think Trudy would have felt, would have sided with Kim and Haley for the most part. And I wonder if Hank wouldn't have listened to, to listen to reason more from her on this. But I think, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that she would have, I think she would have struggled because I think yeah. that she, as a woman, but also as a police officer, I mean, they didn't get it illegally. Her stuff is in the, they actually didn't do anything wrong with getting this DNA sample. They realized the violence of the crimes that she was perpetrating and was helping to commit was so violent that it was killing people and there was no sight of stopping. It was the only lead they had. 
Yeah. They didn't really have another choice at this point. Like they knew who she was. They couldn't just ignore that because she yeah. was once a victim. And I think even Hank said, yeah, she was a victim, but she's gone past yeah. that now. And she is and- now a criminal. And so I think that's why I was like, I don't, I don't see the ethical dilemma here. I think you don't have another choice. You got to use it. And I can even, I can even see my way past that part of it. Because like I said, mm-hmm. I, I kind of see both sides. Um, I did have a little bit of issue with Hank also just the thing is Hank makes deals with people all the time over everything. He hasn't in a long time, but yes, she, she clearly was a part of this, but I think you are seeing that she was broken. She was manipulated. She was probably Mm -hmm. gaslit by this abuser is what he was. And now she's helping you all. Why can't we make a deal for her? I think he, uh, I think what he was kind of saying to Kim, because I don't think he was against making a deal. I think he wanted to make sure that Kim wasn't making promises Kim couldn't keep because it yeah. wouldn't be up to Kim to make that deal. It would be up to the, the ASA has to sign yeah. off on this. And especially after last week, we mm-hmm. saw how the ASA, and this could have been part of it too. Maybe. The ASA was clearly upset with Hank for yeah. compromising her that yeah. she could have given pushback just for the sake of, no, I refuse to do anything that even yeah. seems objective. So yeah. Hank could have been operating on a th- off of that knowledge too of Kim. If you cannot personally ensure that this is true. Yeah. And I think there was a kindness to it where he's like, don't make her this promise. If you cannot keep it. Yeah. I don't know. Just, there felt like a little bit of a coldness, I think from him this week, as far as some of this goes, I felt like it was more looking out for Kim. Maybe. And I think part of it is because uh, I think it is the divide of is this ethical or is it not ethical? Do I have a problem with yeah. it? Do I not have a problem with it? And I think that I was able to more see what Hank's position was because I didn't see the issue with using the DNA in that way. And I think I, I do I, think I don't know. though, especially in the kind of lives that probably some of those people live mm-hmm. in certain areas where crime is sort of you have yes. to to survive. I can, I can see why if this became something that happened all the time why it would deter a woman from reporting yeah. her rape. now that see now that put in that perspective it makes a little more sense because where i live it's not yeah, a me, high I, crime rate so i'm not gonna commit any crimes like i'm yeah. good but like i don't live in a world where i'm surrounded by crime mm-hmm. yeah so, and i do think uh, the other thing too is that you know he's dead the, the they ended up shooting the the partner somebody's got to pay for this. And unfortunately she is the one of the partner too. They have cameras where they see her holding the gun. They have her beating the guy. They have her doing all participating well, just as equal. I mean, he was doing more beating, was, but yeah, he was the more violent one. I mean, yes, she was mm-hmm. participating in the robberies, but I don't think we ever saw her being violent towards anyone. No, but she is because he's dead. Now the rap falls to her. And I think the ASA mm-hmm. is going to take on that. And I think it's unfortunate, but I think that Hank and Kim would be able to work it to a clearly she has an issue. And I think it helped that Kim took her out to that bar. And what what broke me about this was you see when the, she takes her back to that bar that closed down, what she was repeating was a sign in the bar. That's where she, she was raped. So you have to imagine that she was raped over and over and over again in the same spot for her to stare at that sign for that long to memorize every name and every distance. Yes. So it was systematic, repeated rape and sexual abuse that made her retreat to a different mental state. And I think that can be used mm-hmm. in the court case. And I think and, they will. And I think Hank would yeah. agree with it. Yeah. Especially since we saw her, I mean, we witnessed her repeating those same things, which 
I took it as, like you said, I mean, her probably repeating that over in her head is how she disassociated herself during what the was race. happening. So like, yep. And so she was doing this yet again. So, I mean, it clear to me, not something she really wanted to be participating in, but mm-hmm. probably felt like she had no other options yeah. like than to do what he was telling her to do. I saw her as more of a victim that was being manipulated into doing all of this. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing too, is that um, Hank wanted to be sure that she was, because she recanted. She mm-hmm. said he raped me, that she did the rape kit, and then she recanted. And I think Hank was trying to tell her, because at the time, she wasn't giving this guy up. At the yeah. time, she was saying, no, this is on me, this is on me, this is on me, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. And then Kim promised her things. And Hank was saying, don't make that promise. Yeah. But yeah. it was once that Kim told her this and they saw into it. So I think Hank's opinion might have changed a little bit towards the end. We just didn't get to see it because- yeah she did yeah. come out and say no this happened and it was part of, it was also heartbreaking when she was interviewing kim was interviewing this girl and you would see her the moment she mentioned ethan the girl's hands flew up to the table and she started like grabbing her fingers and it was the same stressed reaction that kim does on herself yes so kim was able to get this stuff so it's yeah i think that i i think hank is the type of person who would come around and he even says something to kim at the end because he i think the other reason he cautioned her about that though is because again hank's not stupid right recognize that kim was relating to this on a very personal level mm-hmm. and it, while he was telling her don't make promises you can't keep he followed it up with i trust you to tell me if there's something more i need to know yeah you can tell me these things and i've got your back i think that was the other reason he was cautioning her mm-hmm. because we have all seen kim go gung-ho in these cases that really personally yeah. affect her yeah i think i think it was more hank was able to disassociate from this this victim mm-hmm. slash criminal his focus was on saving Kim. Yeah, I, mean, I can I can see that. And I think that's where the coldest kind of came in because it doesn't seem like he had compassion for the victim. Yeah. But it's because he was focused on, okay, my officer clearly shown, needs this. Yeah, I just wish they'd shown a little more because, I mean, Hank is usually, I mean, he can be cold, but typically women and children and people that are clearly a victim, he usually has a whole lot of compassion yeah. for them. And so it, it felt strange for me. Yeah. And I think it's because his headspace was just about focusing on Kim. Kim. Yeah. That makes sense. And makes sense. it's because Kim is doing the work in therapy that she's actually able to see the root of this though. Yes. Give it up for Kim's therapist. Like <laughs> I, the way she was just handling all of that. And I just love to see Kim diving into everything. Um, therapist wanting Adam to come when she said, you know, if you ask your partner to join us and she's like, mm, you know, acting like she didn't think he would. I'm thinking, Kim, do you do you realize he would do anything for you? Like mm-hmm. he's gonna do this without a doubt and have and I mean it's not like Adam's one of those macho men that's like yeah. oh, you know, I can't talk about my feelings. That's not who he is. So like he's gonna be willing to do this, like mm-hmm. no problem at all. And I think, you know, we saw that like I said, throughout the whole episode, just the way he supports her, the way he was there for her for everything. And so she finally, you know, got the nerve to ask him, like. Because he, he mentioned, I loved how he was like, hey, I've still got a day off. Michaela's at the sleepover. And of course, I'm like, well, Michaela's at a sleepover. Hmm? <laughs> you know, the house to yourself? Okay. I was getting excited, right? Um, and the Kim's like, we should go to therapy. And I mean, Adam makes his little joke, which I thought was cute. He's like, is that a restaurant? Like, what is this? <laughs> but then, of course, she immediately, she was so scared to ask him that she mm-hmm. immediately starts backtracking. He's like, oh, I don't think anything will come of this. Like, it's not a big deal. And he was just like, no, no, like, we'll go. Like, it's not a problem. Like, just like we thought he would. He went. My favorite part, I think, of the therapy session was when he mentions that, like, you know, hey, I've 
there have been times when I've wanted more, when I felt more. And the look on Kim's face, it was this realization, because I think we've all kind of given, that's the one thing we've given Kim a hard time about, like, why are you doing this to him? Like, clearly. And it was like, in that moment, she was like, she didn't realize that she had given off that vibe that she didn't want more. And I think in in that moment, I started thinking her brokenness and her trauma, it started long before this Roy thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe we didn't realize that. We should have, as much as this woman has been through in the 10 years the show has been on. I mean, if you look back to she was shot, which is right when they first said they loved each other, like when she was in the hospital that time. And then go forward, not only her being shot, then there was that time that Roman almost died and she had to like, when they were in that like warehouse with those guys, those gang members or whatever, like there was, that was very traumatic. Um, She had a miscarriage because of being on the job. Like there's so many things that probably the brokenness and the being scared, as she said, where she couldn't admit her whole feelings just started so long ago and just kept getting piled on and piled on and piled on. And it's not like this is a job you can easily detach from or take a break from. Exactly. It just keeps coming. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean, it's clear that like, you know, and I'm I'm glad that she told him because the sadness on his face when she kind of clammed up and was like, couldn't finish what she wanted to say at therapy. And you can tell when he gets home, he comes in, he opens that beer and is just drinking it right away. He's, he's not willing to push her. But he's clearly upset that they're not getting anywhere, that they were almost there and she retreated again. Well, I do want to say one thing about that, though, because what she said in therapy, because she trailed off, yeah, she said, it was never that I didn't feel as much. I've always felt a lot for you. I know. And the look on Adam's face when she said that was like, what? He didn't you have? <laughs> it's just been this whole miscommunication. Like, I think she always knew he felt that way for her, but she did not realize that the vibe that she was giving back to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think was also a healing point for us as an audience members, because that's been a lot of our issue with Kim. Mm -hmm. That why are you treating him like this? Why do you not give him what he deserves and like what he's giving to you? She thought she was. She just was too broken to like actually admit it. And what she said was she was too scared and too numb so I think the reason why they allowed this to happen in this episode is because numb was her therapy before. I mean, when you numb out, it's when you're filling yourself with all these other things. So you don't think mm-hmm. about what the problem is. And that was her self-medication. That was her self-therapy was, I'm going to mm-hmm. stay numb. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be numb. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to detach and I don't have to be in this pain. But now that she's getting therapy and she can recognize that it's not just about doing the work. It's that you have to change yeah. how you treat yourself. Yeah. And yeah. Adam at that point when she said that he looked at her for a long moment and he was about to walk away and let her just be because he still didn't want to push her yeah and that's a good man he's the best man I mean I just I love it not the best man obviously my husband's the best man okay we'll just (laughs) clear that up not that he listens to the show so he won't hear me say that but um, okay I just would like to point out to everyone who's listening or watching this right now have you noticed the chains and Jeanette's actions and her facial features and her body movements so in the last three seconds of this. I've, been, I've been waiting you all should have seen me when i watched this live okay my whole family was in bed i was watching it in my room so i'm sitting on my bed and every time they I I was leaning back watching it every time they would get in a scene together i'd sit up close to the tv I'm like is this it is this it 
I mean, I had to like contain my excitement because I would have like probably screamed and yelled if my family wasn't all asleep. And I was like, I had to maintain. Okay. But no, when she grabbed like, okay. So no, Maureen doesn't want to talk about this. And you probably didn't even notice this. You didn't know so clearly. I'm just because... enjoying you reacting to it. Like everything about this scene was perfect. Like I remember last week on the podcast, I said, I didn't want them to like have sex. I didn't want that. I wasn't ready for that unless they did it perfectly and I think they did it perfectly it wasn't just like one of their times when they randomly hook up just for just for the sake of hooking up Mm -hmm. this was a breakthrough for Kim as herself and for them as a couple um there were so many parallels and I don't know if you were not so many but I mean I loved that and I don't know if anybody else notices this but you didn't because you didn't watch the scene okay so she grabs him they kiss and then he like picks her up like and carries her like one arm because the other arm's like making sure he doesn't knock stuff over. Of course they uh, did knock. They the were not lamp. successful. <laughs> I know that poor lamp. Oh well. But like if you think back, the very first time they hooked up when he showed up at her door and he said, I like you, like, you know, when he comes in at her apartment, he lifts her up, one arm carries her to the bedroom again. It was exactly the same way. I and I don't think I've seen all. anybody else on these shows, like it had to be on purpose, I think. I don't know why. I mean, it just seemed like it was a it was a parallel back to like the first time we saw them together. But I mean, everything aside, I mean, it was the perfect amount of spice for me. Like just enough, you know, for network TV, not too much. But Kim looked so happy, like like just as like this one. I don't know. I mean, I felt like for the like she has looked so sad for years now, mm-hmm. almost always, and it was like this relief I mean just she was truly happy in that moment and not just you know I mean I think it was just it was the connection the physical connection and because you can there's a difference between hooking up and having intimacy in your relationships and they haven't had intimacy because she has been so hardwired to shut it down not on her part anyways I feel like for him it's probably been intimacy yes absolutely but But if you're not receiving that then you're not receiving it it doesn't matter how how much the other person is giving of themselves you're not going to receive it if you don't want to and she hasn't and I think that this was the reason it was so perfect is because a it was her decision she chose and it was because she had realized that he has never altered his feelings he has never lessened his feelings he has never backed down from his feelings he's been constant and consistent and that is something that kim has craved ever since she these traumas happened on the force she's needed that consistency and she finally realized in confessing her numbness and to have him look at her and i I think the reason they had him pause when she said that he walked very very close to her Mm -hmm. and he just stared at her for a couple seconds I think the reason they did that was because it was showing her, I'm still here. I'm not, that doesn't throw me off. That doesn't make me want to leave. I'm here for you. And I want you to be released from this. I could cry. And that's why she decided in that moment to put her hand on him and stop him from going. Mm -hmm. And Adam obviously knew what that meant. Of course. Clearly because it. He did like stop. the hand. He stopped and looked for a second. Like. She kissed him. him (laughs) Like it was like he wasn't going to do it. He was letting her take charge of the whole thing until she kissed him and he was cool with taking charge of whatever. But like (laughs) he wanted to make sure that like, what are you wanting to do right now? Mm -hmm. And I, the only thing that I hope is that I hope this is 
this is it. And I'm not saying I need them to get married next episode or anything mm-hmm. like that. I'm just saying continue working, to be together. No steps backwards. Mm-hmm. But they are together. Everyone knows they're together. We move forward. I mean, like, I think, like, I want to see, I want Mac to have her family completely. I want to see everybody. I mean, I just want them to be a couple. It's, I eventually want them to see them get married and, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. they have a baby or something, like, you know, whatever. But like, I'm not asking for that right away, but I don't want to see, there is no reason for there to be any more hiccups in their relationship. There should be no more. They've had plenty and we're done. And I think there was an article I read where he was talking and he even said, I think there's enough other yeah. things that you can just leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Patty. I sent said that. that. Let me actually, I want to read that actually, because I sent that to our group chat. Did you? Oh, because I also found the article and I took a screenshot of where he said it. <laughs> oh yeah. I took a screenshot too. Okay. Let's see. Let's just get to what he said. Uh, he said, you'll have very solid answers to where they stand with each other in the next episode. He tells us hinting at episode 18's you only die twice he continued if instagram comments are any indication which obviously he's read all of our stuff here most of the fans are like just leave them alone yes so i think we've got enough opportunities for drama on our show that maybe you'll actually be able to see two people that are just kind of happy together we've definitely both told so they've told the writers and you know we can tell them anything we want but it doesn't mean they're going to listen if they break us up again like, please, let's not try this again. But yeah, I think they're in a good place. So he's, him and Marina both are like, okay, we're, and the thing is Marina hyped it up so much on her Instagram. I really, I do think we're in a good place mm-hmm. because otherwise I don't think she would have done that to all of us fans for it to yeah. be something. And then it goes right back to be in trouble. You know, I think and they're really- like it too. they want to be together yeah. because this is what they deserve. So the other thing too is that I don't think the writers would have made the mistake of having her do all the work in therapy to get all this stuff recovered to keep them so separate from any other relationship but continue to draw them together unless yeah. this was their end goal. Yeah. And I think I think it's gonna be I don't want to say the only easy thing because nothing that- in the Chicago universe is easy, but I think that from here on out we're gonna see them because they still have a lot of work to do. Kim yeah. still has a lot of things she needs to get rid of. And Adam probably should continue going to those therapy sessions with her. And I think that we're going to see them continue to do that and do the work and get closer because it's not just the physicality that needs intimacy. It's them oh, as a couple, it's them as people. Yeah. They need to be intimate with each other and be leaning on each other in real tangible ways. Yeah, I completely agree. The only thing that has me a little stressed is like next week's episode, we're back to him being undercover. I don't really like him undercover. Like, can we put Taurus back undercover? Someone <laughs> else? I mean, not that I just, you know, but like Adam, like we're in a good place. So like, I need everything to be okay. And he's in a dangerous undercover situation. Like mm-hmm. this scares me and I don't, I don't like it. And the line that it said on there is, is, is Ruzik's cover being, is his cover blown? Like, come on. We don't, we just finally got, the fandom finally got what they waited nine years for. And now you're going to put us in this position to, Kim has made so many good strides. Yeah. And you're going to put her in this position to be all sorts of freaked out all over again. Because she she finally just let him in. And now we get a threat from Sam. Is that her name? The lady's name, Sam? We get a threat from her. We get a threat from his, uh, from her white supremacist father of saying, your time is coming. And then Adam saying, I'm all alone here. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. I'm in the dark. And like, ah, 
I mean, like they had it. She's had enough trauma. Can you imagine? No, I don't know. I don't like it. It's going to be, I I certainly hope it's not like his overdose all over again. That was stressful. Yes. I didn't like that at all. And I knew he was fine, but I didn't care. This, I don't know. Because I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Like we're alive now. So, and it's, I mean, her white supremacist father has gotten an awful lot of target practice. And what Adam was saying, I'm in the dark here. I don't know where I am. He's in a car by himself in the middle of nowhere in the dark. Are they just, did they just park him there for target practice? Like, I know. I don't like it. And I think Kim is going to be even more intense now about protecting him when he's on the job. So you know that she's going to be a part of this somehow. I just envision her being as stressed as he was when she had been kidnapped. Like that was yes. like, and I don't want that for her. Like she's, she's suffered. Enough. Like I just heard Adam's voice again. When you said that, when he's screaming at them in the room, what is, what is the line he says? He says, um, I thought you were going to come up with it right off the top no, of my head. Cause I have to make sure it's exactly right. Cause like, they say something about like, we can't change the rules just because it's Kim. And he's like, we, what does he say exactly? Something we absolutely can because it's Kim. And he's like, you know, just that it's like that it, it, the way he does that because, and he like, it's so like, you know, and Kim, the way he says Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go watch that episode again, even though it's so stressful. I don't know. <laughs> and maybe we'll see Kim react the same way. And we've and seen her freak of, out before, but I would like, I mean, I remember, but see, she's not the freak out type. I mean, cause she did a little bit during the overdose episode. You could tell she was really stressed. But she that one and when Michaela was taken. Those yeah. are the only two times that she's ever and she didn't even freak out necessarily. She didn't. Because she Abby got angry out during the Michaela thing more than Kim did. She just doesn't that's not how that's not who she is. That's not how she mm-hmm. responds to her stressful situations. But I don't know. I just I'm gonna have to watch this one live too, I think, because I'll be too stressed yeah. to wait. She so. just doesn't need any added stressors. And now that is Adam, not when things are right. Maybe this maybe. will be over this week and then that's it. They can just be good. Like we mm-hmm. can just move past those. And maybe this would be the added push to really give up all of themselves in their therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they were clearly holding back. They were a little nervous at therapy. So maybe maybe this is what's needed. Yeah. So a lot of things with our favorite characters coming up in PD and in Fire 2. We got good news next week on Fire. We've got scary go. news coming up in PD. And we've got... And you're normal med stuff next week six or seven patients hopefully with fewer cases and with more focus on relational aspects of the show so check out our one chicago group it's one chicago chicago family fan club on facebook come in there check it out we have a 36 hour spoiler ban every wednesday into what thursday or is it wednesday into friday it's wednesday into stuff can be posted friday morning friday morning so but you can post on our spoiler thread if you get real excited what happened to the ruzek Mm-hmm. and you need to talk about it or will halstead <laughs> yes. yes or anybody oh my gosh you did i didn't even go check that out <laughs> i think i wrote finally <laughs> i'm just so excited oh i didn't even think to check that <laughs> so check that out you can comment on our spoiler thread if you just cannot contain yourself go ahead and hit us up there and you can have any conversation you want there we're trying to include some discussion posts did we have one this week you wanted to bring up did you put a discussion on Chicago oh, this week or no? There was a few. I mean, I think most of, like, one of them was, of course, about Berzek, and everyone is in agreement that it's about time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, you know, we, of course, discussed Will and Grace, and no one likes that except for Amanda. <laughs> um, but no, actually, I mean, like, everybody, as far as Berzek goes, I mean, I think everybody is right there, like, mm-hmm. 
even one person, Jennifer Riley, who's been a longtime member in lots of our groups. Um, she had said, I love this. I hope this means that they are together, a happy couple, and they get married, and Adam adopts Michaela, and she starts calling him oh. dad. They all deserve some happiness in their lives. Yes, to every single piece of mm-hmm. that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, even in Katie Cisco, she's one of our big members, agreed that it really bothers her that Michaela doesn't call him dad. It bothers me, too, because I think it's time that... Patty doesn't do think that. it's time. I know, but... And I, I normally wouldn't say this, but Patty's wrong. And <laughs> it, is, it is time, Okay um cynthia herring said i actually cheered out loud for this kim is my favorite and i love her with adam same like i had to like do not wake up your family so excited yeah everybody's like beyond mm-hmm. that's the thing i think that is like there's like this is like the one thing that one chicago fans agree on yeah that berzek are perfect for each other mm-hmm. so there's no reason to mess this up we all agree on, there's yep. very few things that we all agree on and this is one of them it's berzek it's the Hermans. Yeah. And I think still a ride. Still a ride. I think that's more, I think that's part of that's divided, but I think we are all 100% of us in the fandom are behind the Hermans. 100% of us are behind Berzik. Mm-hmm. Well, 75% of us are behind still ride. Man, I don't think we really have that. I don't think we no, have one thing no that ships. we all agree on. Yeah. Then. Yeah, yeah. But that's, yeah, those are the two big ones that we're like, yes. So go into our groups. We one Chicago is not the only group that we have. We have several. Go to if you just look up Family Fan Club and Facebook, you'll find them. But what we've started to do is Jeanette has started to post discussion questions in our groups. So we'll talk about them on the podcast when we when we talk about the shows. Yeah. And we'll give you some shout outs there if you want to interact with us that way. We'd love to hear you. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube and on our podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listen to it, subscribe to it where you can and rate our podcast. The more we get interaction like that from you, our listeners, the more we can get you things like cast and crew interviews, which we would really like to give you more of. But that's one thing that they look at before they agree to do an interview is um, what our what our listener base is. So make sure to subscribe and rate us where you can. And we will see you on Wednesday night, which will be tomorrow for Grey's Anatomy, Station 19 on our ABC night. Sunday brings you another Fox night where we're talking OG 911 and 911 Lone Star. And of course, every Tuesday night, we're coming at you with our One Chicago stuff. So stay tuned and we'll see you real soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Loving our content? Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And don't forget to share our podcast with your family and friends. We want to continue the conversation with you. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok under Fandom Family Chats or one of our ever-growing Facebook groups by searching Family Fan Club. We've also launched a website, Family Fan Club 2021 at Wixsite.com. You can email us there and keep checking it for announcements and merch coming soon. And of course, be sure to tune in every week for new episodes discussing all your favorite shows.